right, well, good morning. Just like to say, first off, thank y'all for having us. Uh, appreciate the invite. Honored to get to come, share the ministry with you all this morning, and uh, <clears throat> and get to teach Sunday school. Uh, I've been a Sunday school teacher for the past two years now since we've been at Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, I pastored for about a year, and then the Lord moved us. We went to Calvary, and I've been teaching ever since. So I've developed a love for teaching Sunday school. I enjoy it. I think it's good for a preacher to learn how to teach. The Bible says it's part of our qualifications. We've got to be apt to teach. Amen. So uh, it's definitely helped me. So I've, I've got a lesson for us this morning. But before we do, talk to you about the ministry just for a minute. Uh, my name is Daniel Robertson, and this is my wife, Renee Robertson. Uh, we've got Abigail. She's four, Nathan two, and Ellery, our newborn, going on two months now. And uh, we are out of Calvary Baptist Church. It's a church in Loosedale. Uh, Mississippi, Cal, uh, Brother Jacob Bogard's our pastor, and uh, we've been there, I guess, what, going over, over three years now, working on our fourth year, yeah, we've been there a little while now, and uh, well, the Lord burdened our heart, it actually was a burden that started with my pastor, uh, with our missionaries, he wanted to help them get Bibles, and that was uh, a burden that began to, uh, I guess, grow in his heart, and he shared it with me, shared it with some other men, we began to pray about it. And uh, we didn't really plan on, you know, it doing what it was going to do. We didn't know what the Lord would do, but we just knew we wanted to help some missionaries, church planners around the world, to be able to get Bibles. And so it, the burden just began to grow in his heart, and we ended up uh, beginning a ministry. And the Lord moved on my heart, and there's a lot of details I could give about all of that, but the Lord moved on my heart to begin to run with this ministry, uh, give me a real good burden for it. Um, and basically what we're calling it, it's Lamp and Light Bible Distribution. I've got some prayer cards up here. I'll make sure that these are available to you all. I'll, I'll leave some with you with our family and some details about the ministry there. Uh, but we're calling it Lamp and Light Bible Distribution. Of course, that's we got the idea from Psalm 119, 105. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's what the word of God is for us. Amen. And so what we want to do, our burden, is we're trying to reach the world with the Word of God, with the Gospel, obviously, which is what you're trying to do. But we're trying to uh, buy Bibles from different uh, printing ministries, publication ministries, and then we distribute them. We are the middleman, if you will. We go to the ministries that publish, and we uh, uh, get them from them. We raise the funds, we buy the Bibles, and we distribute them on the field to the, to the ministries that need them. And so that's, in a nutshell, what we're doing. Um, uh, uh, the burden for this ministry, I, I, I've got, I'm an outline guy, so I'm going to go through this. Otherwise, I'll just get up here and who knows where we'll end up, amen? And my wife can tell you a test of that. We'll be here two hours and I don't know where we are, right? left field somewhere. So I'm an outline guy. So the burden uh, this morning is really because when you look at our society and you, the world we live in, we're biblically illiterate, even in America. You know, that's one of the shocking things about this ministry that's opened my eyes We've distributed a lot of Bibles here in America. We've got, you know, up, uh, upper Midwest places where they're engulfed in different cults like, uh, uh, it's all going to leave me now, uh, Mormonism and such. <laughs> it's all going to leave whenever I go to talk about it, but uh, Mormonism and stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, they do have Bibles and stuff they use them, but we have missionaries there that are starting churches and they have new converts. And what we're trying to do is supply them with Bibles to give to their new converts whenever they have, uh, when someone gets saved. And so we have a biblically, biblically illiterate world. Uh, we also believe that it is the duty of the church for us to be publishing the Word of God. 
whether through it's through preaching, through publishing, through distributing, but getting the word of God out because that's, that's what we believe is the power. Amen? We preach the word of God. That's what Paul told Timothy to do, preach the word. Amen? That's where the power is. The, the, the gospel is the word of God. Amen? It's the message. It's the record that God has given of his son. We find it recorded in the scripture. And God says that it is the power of God unto salvation to anybody that believes. Amen? The, the power, everything that we're doing is a result of the word of God. If you're saved this morning, it's a result of the word of God. And so that's what our burden is. We're trying to, to get the word of God out uh, through uh, the Bibles. And so I also believe that God uh, has burdened in my heart to be a help to the Lord's churches and a lot of these church plants. I did after the pastorate. I, I seek the Lord's will about what God would have me to do. I had some different survey trips lined up to go out west, to go to Montana. I just wanted to go wherever the Lord wanted me to. I had a real big burden to go and start a church where there wasn't a church, amen? But the Lord didn't, uh, he shut down every door. I didn't get to go on one survey trip. And uh, the Lord just began to work in our heart about this ministry. And so now we, me and my family, we are gearing up. We've been on deputation for about a year now, but I'd call it a soft deputation. We haven't really hit it hard just yet, but we are starting now, amen? This is our first trip, really starting it. We've got next month booked up. We've got January and I'm working on February, March, and April now. So, so uh, if you know anybody, <laughs> amen. Uh, so we're trying to book it up. Um, anyway, so there's a great need. I, I could talk a lot this morning just about our burden. Uh, the need is, is very great. Um, it's not just around the world. Of course, it's there. But it's even in our own country. We're, we're distributing Bibles to different ministries. Of course, the prisons. They're always needing Bibles. We have a local prison, uh, two local prisons that we're trying to distribute Bibles there. So uh, the need is just great. It's abundant, and uh, so just pray for us about that. Uh, our vision, we want to, and this is what we've been able to do, we, we're wanting to faithfully supply various ministries with whole Bibles on a monthly basis. What we do is we have a monthly goal that we set. We started this two years ago, and the Lord's helped us to always hit our goal, and the goal has upped since then, praise the Lord. We're able to do more than we, when we first started, and we're looking to do more uh, in, the, in the future. Um, and the second part of that, not only do we want to have our own distribution point where we are faithfully distributing these Bibles monthly, annually uh, uh, we're, we're looking to start another distribution point. We're going to begin this this next year, Lord willing, to begin start setting up other distribution points. Go on the mission field where a missionary is that has a burden for it, has the, uh, a means to do it. Help them do exactly what we're doing. Help them set up their distribution points. Show them our system and how it works. Show them where they can get the Bibles. Help them get off the, you know, get up and rolling. And once they can walk on their own two feet, us move on. And our, our, our vision for that is that three decades, there'd be 31 distribution points doing exactly what we're doing. So, you know, taking advantage of the fact, you know, the Bible, you know, I said the Bible. <laughs> Y'all ever heard their, their strength in numbers? The Bible does teach that. Uh, two, uh, t two is better than one, a threefold cord is not easily broken. The Bible does teach that, um, but you know, that's where we get that saying, I reckon. Uh, so we are trying to take advantage of that. Uh, faith, uh, so far, our progress, uh, what we've been doing up to this point, we have a building. It's on our property there in Buzzard Roost, Mississippi. Now, if you ain't never, been, ever, ain't never been to Buzzard Roost, you ain't missing a whole lot. <laughs> Sounds just like, it looks just like the name. <laughs> Not a whole lot there. <laughs> but uh, that's where we are. That's where we're located, our church. So if you, you may forget me, but you'll remember Buzzard Roost, amen? <laughs> so, but uh, there's a building there. Uh, we've got it paid for. Lord, uh, the Lord blessed us to be able to do that. Our church put some money towards it. There was a county, a code office that was upgrading their building. And uh, one of our church members there, Brother Eric Vaughn, he worked with them. 
And so we ended up getting a great deal on the building. The Lord helped us pay it off. Praise the Lord. It's on our church property uh, where we house Bibles and ship them directly from there. So if you're ever in South Mississippi and you want to come see it, come on, come on by. We'll show it to you. And uh, get one of my prayer cards. My contact information will be in there. I'd love to show you the Bible building. Um, and so far, uh, going along more with our progress, we have faithfully distributed Bibles monthly going on two years now to various ministries and different locations spanning from we've shipped, I'm just here's just a, a general list, we've shipped some to Montana, Alabama, we've got some of the uh, upper Midwestern states, uh, we have a port ministry out of Mobile, Alabama, we've shipped some there, well, different public schools, prisons, we have gone and uh, shipped some to Ghana, West Africa, matter of fact, the Lord helped us do a big project, we called it the Ghana Project, and we were able to raise from different churches and stuff, we were able to send them $4,500 worth of Bibles uh, in a container uh, to Ghana, West Africa. So that was a blessing. That's the biggest thing we've been able to do so far, and we're looking for the Lord to do more. Amen. We've been able to send some to the Philippines, India, Mexico, etc. That's just a, we've, we've, we've even done more, more since then, but that's just a general list there to show you that we are doing this. It's it, the Lord is blessing. Uh, some details I wanted to give you real quick and uh, before I, I wrap up this morning and get ready to teach our lesson. Uh, these are our Bibles. I've got a, this is what we distribute. These are literally the ones we have. This is our hardback Bible. It's just a standard hardback Bible, uh, King James Version. This one is a vinyl hardback. It's like a hard plastic. It's a step up from paperback, and this would be our paperback. Um, they're good Bibles. Obviously, the quality gets better the lower you go. you got paperback, vinyl hardback, and then the hardback. And so what we have just began doing I say just begin, probably, probably uh, the beginning of this year we made a change. We were shipping a lot of these vinyl hardbacks, uh, but after talking to some foreign missionaries, it just made sense to begin to send the hardbacks. The reason we weren't is because we can send more of these because they're cheaper. And so, but, it, you know, at the, at the same time, we, we, we learned that it's better to send a better quality overseas because if they're having out, uh, open, open services, no, no buildings like we have or whatever, uh, they'll last longer, and so I'd rather somebody, if, if we only got, say we only had 50 people that had a Bible, but it lasted them two or three years, opposed to you know, 100 people having one for, you know, three or four months or six months, I would take the longevity over, you know, the quality over the quantity is, I guess, what I'm trying to get, aim at there. So we have started doing that. Um, just to give you an idea of the cost, these uh, paperback uh, run about $3 a piece. The vinyl hardback's about three fifty a piece. And the hardbacks are about eight to eight fifty a piece. It just varies depending. Y'all seen the economy and everything, just like we have, so it does change. But that's that's a general idea of what they cost. So you know, just a just a side note for our ministry. If the Lord ever, if you ever wanted to be a support and a help, even if the church didn't take us on, if you ever wanted to just send in twenty five bucks here and there, I mean that's eight, you know, eight Bibles. If we did vinyl hardback, if you did. Uh, hardback, that's three hardbacks. You just supplied three souls with a hardback Bible. It's going to last in about three years for the price of what you would spend in McDonald's in one run. Amen? Unless you're like my family, you probably go over that. <laughs> so 25 bucks, and you've given three people a hardback Bible or eight people a vinyl hardback. So uh, that's so there's a lot of opportunity there. Even if the church isn't able to financially, of course, we do want you to pray for us. Amen? Uh, but even if not, if you as an individual just want to send in a love offering here and there, we'll take it. We'll spend your money on Bibles, and we'll get them in the hands of people that need them desperately. Amen? And so those are some details for you. 
Uh, and what we're doing, we're just out sharing our burden. We're looking for the Lord's churches, amen, to, uh, as the Lord moves on your heart, to partner with us. Like I said, if it isn't financial partnership, you can always pray for us. While I got these prayer cards, you be faithful to pray for us, and we sure appreciate it, amen, and that the Lord be good to us and help us to continue doing what we're doing. Um, but we're looking, I mean, even if a church, we've had a lot of churches that have just taken us on for $25 a month. That's, uh, that's three people a month that's getting a Bible, or eight, depending if it's vinyl hardback, amen? And so no amount's too small, no amount's too big. Just if the Lord moves on your heart to, to help us, we'd sure love to partner with you, amen? I know it's a worthy ministry. Uh, what would you do without your Bible? Amen? There's people around the world that don't have it, and so that's what we're trying to do is meet that need. And so uh, with all that being said, that tells you about our ministry. If anybody's got any questions or anything, uh, I'd be happy to, to stay around after service. We don't have to be anywhere until 5, 6 o'clock this evening to our next. Uh, we're going to be at uh, Brother McKeon. Uh, what's his first name? Brother, is it Trent? Todd's brother. So anyway, I'll, I'll be with him this evening. So I'll stick around if you have any questions or anything you want to talk about. And uh, I'd love to spend time with you. So uh, if nothing else, let's go ahead and we'll get ready to do our uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. About how long So, this morning, if you got your Bible, and uh, which you should, amen, Sunday school, I don't know how we're going to teach without our textbook, let's get our Bible this morning, and if you've got it, let's turn to Galatians this morning, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter number 5 this morning, and uh, what I want to teach on, it's, it's a lesson I just taught not too long ago at my home church on Sunday morning. And uh, what I want to teach on is understanding Christian liberty, understanding Christian liberty. And uh, you know this if you're saved. I'm sure I'm maybe not teaching you too much this morning. Maybe you already know all this, so maybe it'll be a good reminder for you. But we know that as believers, we have what's called liberty, Christian liberty in Christ. Now, simply put, we know the word liberty means freedom. The most simplest way I could explain liberty is freedom. Uh, but there's a lot of misunderstanding about what this freedom is. Is it freedom from what and freedom to what? Is it that God has just let us do as we will now? Is that, you know, that's the cry of the satanic church today, do as thou wilt. Is, does Christianity, does Christ bring a freedom that just says do what you want now? Or, uh, so, so, so obviously we know around Christian liberty there are some misunderstandings and there are some questions that need to be asked and we need to look to the Bible for those answers. And so, with that being said, I want to begin in Galatians chapter number 5 this morning. Galatians chapter 5, just a little bit of backstory about the book of Galatians. Uh, I, I know a pastor that calls it Paul's post-it note, amen, because it's not a very long book. It's, about it's, it's six chapters, I think a little over 100 verses that you'll find. It's not a very big book, but it packs a punch, amen, because what you'll find is Paul, the apostle, had went through the church's or I say the church, they weren't there yet, amen, he was the one that started them. He went through Galatia, and what he did was, he, what he did everywhere, he went through preaching the gospel, 
folks responded to the gospel, got saved, got born again, amen, got set at liberty in Christ, got freedom, amen, and that's what Christ does, and, uh, and he had, had established these churches, okay, and so, and after he left, hadn't been gone very long, according to the letter, some Judaizers, and that's, that's the, 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 the teachers of Judaism, we know that uh, what, what, what Christ did on the cross made Judaism a cult, amen, it was no longer God's way of worship, amen, it was Judaism, it was false religion, and what they did was they came into these churches and they began to preach a false gospel, they perverted the gospel, and uh, that's why you'll see in chapter number one, Paul says, I marvel. He says, man, I'm blown away that, guys, you have been moved, you've moved away to another gospel. He says, which is not another, which is interesting. You look at those two words, and I could run a lot of rabbits this morning and preach the whole book of Galatians for a little while. Uh, but he says, it's not another. He says, you believed a false gospel when there's not another one. There's only one, amen? There's only one that's capable of saving and bringing true Christian liberty in your life. The other things bring bondage, amen? And so, aren't you glad for the gospel bringing freedom, Amen. And so, uh, so that's what's happened. And when Paul, the Bible says here, he, he even talks about how that he has written this letter with his own hand. So no doubt you can see that he is very passionate in this letter because he was, he was stirred up. He was worried about these believers because uh, to mess with the gospel is a serious thing. You add or take away anything to the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, and you, sir or ma'am, have a false gospel. And you will damn the souls of men. And there can be believers who are deceived into believing a false gospel after they're saved. And what will happen is the same thing that happened here. Their liberty or their enjoyment of the rest in Christ and the freedom of the gospel that it brings, they will not enjoy. I didn't say they would lose it. They just wouldn't be enjoying it. Amen. So I'm glad I can't lose my salvation. Amen. That's another lesson, but I'm glad I can't. Amen. Uh, you know, I'm sealed by the Spirit of God. Amen. Kept by the power of his might. Hallelujah. So, with all that being said this morning, let's talk about Christian liberty. I could spend a lot of time just talking to you, just, just picking up, uh, bouncing around in the book of Galatians. But let's talk to you about Christian liberty for just a little while. Number one, I've got three things I want to cover this morning. Number one is we know that this Christian liberty, and I'll define it in a minute, it is obtained through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The true gospel does not bring bondage to men, but it brings liberty to men. Amen. Freedom. And I'll define that in here in just a minute. Now, in Galatians chapter number 4, what we'll find, uh, what these Judaizers did, the message, the false gospel they preached when they came in, was when they came in, it wasn't so much that they were mad that these believers believed that they had been justified by faith, they said, oh, you believe whatever you want, but what you need to do is you need to, in order to obtain perfection or justification fully, you need to also keep the law. And what he, they tried to do was bring these new believers back under the law again, okay, and bring them, like Paul says, back under bondage, amen? Uh, but we know that a man is justified by faith, amen, and not by the works of the law. Matter of fact, we'll even cover it here in a minute, that no flesh shall be justified by the law. We know that if the law is how a man is justified, that means right with God, forgiven, at peace with God. You know, we always say justified means just, if it's just as if I had never sinned, amen. In order for that to happen, if it was through the law, none of us would be able to obtain that because what the law does is show us our sinfulness. 
The Bible says that the law was added because of transgressions. The Bible also says that the law of God is not for a righteous man, but for sinners. Amen? Uh, it's not, the law of God is not something that we as a, a saved child of God look at in order to obtain righteousness. Amen? It is rather b- before we get saved, we look at the law, and it shows us our need to be saved. The Paul says that it was our schoolmaster. That's your teacher. What is he teaching us? That you are a sinner worthy of damnation, worthy of judgment, which is death, the penalty of the law. That's what the law of God did. Before you got saved, that's why nobody wants to come to church when they're lost. Amen? Because the preacher gets up and he preaches on some sort of sin. He can pick anything off the list of the Ten Commandments. And if you're a sinner, you're guilty of that sin. What that does is highlight your sin. It shows you. It reveals to you. I'm not right with God. I'm worthy of death. The punishment of God is, is, is weighing over my head. The wrath of God. That's what the schoolmaster teaches us. The law. But after we get saved, what happens is we are at liberty. Set at freedom from this law. Hallelujah. And I'll explain that here in just a minute. I'm no longer under bondage. I don't look at the law of God and tremble anymore. I look at the law of God and say, hallelujah, I'm saved. God has forgiven me. The record is wiped clean. Yes, I transgressed the law. Yes, I sinned against God's holy, righteous law and was worthy of death. But God forgave me because Christ kept the law and died for my sins. Amen. That is Christian liberty. So with that being said, we know that this Christian liberty we're talking about this morning, it is only obtained through the gospel of Jesus Christ. No other way. I want to just say this this morning. There's a lot of folks out there that uh, you've probably heard this phrase. Anytime a sin is preached on or something mentioned, you'll, you'll, you'll often hear this phrase. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. And a lot of times they're using that in the way that it's not supposed to be used. Paul even says, use not liberty. This Christian liberty. It is true I'm not under the law, brother. It's true. It's biblically accurate. But I cannot use that to justify my flesh or look for a way to fulfill the lust of my flesh. That is a misunderstanding of Christian liberty. God didn't save you so you could sin more without the consequences, but he saved you so that instead of serving sin, you would serve him. Amen. So that's what we're looking at here in just a little bit. Amen. So we know that it is obtained through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice this really quickly in passing in chapter number 4. Just going to show you some differences. Before you got saved this morning, you were under the law. You were under the wrath of God. Had you died in that state, you would go to hell. Amen? But being saved this morning, things have changed. Notice the wording how things change in in, in chapter number 4. You'll find that as believers, and I'm going to just kind of jump through these. In verse 7, you will see... That before we got saved, when we were under the law, we were counted a servant. But now as a believer, we're counted a son. Our relationship has changed. Amen? No longer a servant. Now I'm a son. You will find that there was bondage in verse number uh, 3, excuse me, in verse number 9, and not free. But in Christ, we are free. Uh, You'll find the wording. Uh, whenever in regards to us being under the law, notice how it says we were under the law. But when it mentions us being at liberty now, it says we are in liberty. I like the word and change. Amen. It's almost as if the law was this burden. It was something we were under, something we were afraid of. But now we are in liberty. It's not over us hanging over our head, but rather we are enjoying this liberty that Christ hath given us. Amen. And so you'll see the difference in the wording there. Uh, let's see. I got a lot of stuff I'm going to have to trim through. Let's see. Uh, 
we used to, before we got saved, we served the law in our flesh. Amen? In our flesh. We tried to serve the law by the letter of the law. We would read, Thou shalt not. And a religious man would try to his best in his flesh to do what the Bible said not to do or to do. That's, that was bondage because he couldn't do it. He kept falling short. Amen? That's what a sin is. It's a missing of the mark. When you look at the law of God, it is the perfect standard. It is the mark. That God has said. And the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That all have missed the mark. Amen. And that's, and that's the truth for all of us. And so uh, with that being said. What the gospel is in a nutshell. What, what Christ did. Christ kept the law. The Bible said he came to fulfill the law. That means to feel full. To, to, to leave nothing undone. Amen. To fulfill all righteousness. He did that. He kept the law. He did what you and I could never do. Then the Bible says that he took our sins uh, that we had committed against the law. He took those sins, those transgressions, all of those shortcomings of ours. He bore them in his own body. He took our transgressions. Amen. The Bible talks about in Colossians and nailed them to the tree. Amen. He, he, he bore those things for us. The Bible says he became sin for us. Amen. And so I'm just talking about the gospel this morning. He was uh, uh, crucified, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day for our justification. Did you see that in Romans chapter 4, verse 25? Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Amen. He did what we couldn't do. Christ is the only one that has ever looked at the law of God and fulfilled it and kept it. Everyone else has fallen short. That is the gospel in a nutshell. All the world is guilty before God. All stand under condemnation and the wrath of God. And what Christ did, what Christ did was took our place, basically, amen, took our punishment, and then we, when we look to Christ by faith and trust in what he did for us, we get saved. So we understand that, and then we are set at liberty. The law is no longer our schoolmaster. It is no longer over us. We're no longer under it. We're at liberty. We are free. So with that being said this morning, I want to go in detail about what does it mean to be free from the law, to not be under the law. Because like I said before, there's some misunderstanding around this. Does it mean we just do what we want now? Has Christ brought lawlessness to us? No. The law of God, anyway, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let me teach this this morning. So, we know that Christian liberty, this is how I have it defined this morning. It is freedom, freedom from the penalty and the curse of the law. Amen? And I can show you that using the scripture this morning. It is freedom from the penalty and the curse of the law. Let me show you this. Let me find this real quick. Look with me in chapter number 5 when he says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now mind you, I already told you, what was happening was these Judaizers was trying to teach or, or, or yeah, teach this false gospel in an effort to get these Christians to believe the lie that they needed to keep the law and bring them back under the bondage of the law when they were already enjoying liberty. And so Paul in chapter 5 says, enjoy, I'm just going to summarize it in my own words, enjoy the liberty that Christ has afforded you. In that he has made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says don't be foolish. Do not go back under the yoke of bondage. Christ has made you free from that. So to those of us this morning that are laboring to try and please God by what we do. Friend you are missing it by a mile. 
Christian service, this might be a rabbit, amen, but Christian service is not about what you're doing in your body in order to please God, but rather it is what you do in your body as a result of your love and adoration of, of wanting to serve Him, not trying to please Him. If you're saved, God is pleased with you 100%, amen, and He is not displeased with you at all, positionally speaking, this morning. I'm not performing to make God happy. He is happy. Why? Because I'm in Christ. When he looks at me, he looks through his son, Jesus Christ, who kept the law, died in my place, and I'm right with God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. That means I'm a son of God as much as Jesus Christ is this morning. That is my position. If you're saved this morning, that's the same with you. There's no reason to be under bondage of trying to do this and don't do this in in, in an effort to try and make God happy. You're never going to do that. Christ already done that. It is bondage to live the Christian life trying to make God happy through the law. You'll never do it. It's already been done. All you're doing is because of a misunderstanding around this area of Christian liberty, you are making yourself miserable. You'll never be happy. Serving God, trying to do a, having a list, however long your list is, if I got this right, this right, this right, and if you don't have those things right, then God's not happy with you. That's not true. That's not true. Your position with Christ doesn't change. Position with God doesn't change. Amen. So all of our services is fueled by our love for, our, for Christ, not out of some bondage to try to keep God happy. So anyway, that's kind of a rabbit this morning. It's not in my notes anywhere, but I just want to help us this morning. Uh, so with that being said, the freedom from the penalty and curse of the law. Let me show you that this morning. Uh, let's see. I don't see it in my notes. I'm trying to figure out where I wrote that scripture at. I'm on flesh. Yeah, here it is. Look at chapter number three real quick. Let me show you the penalty and the curse of the law. This is what it means to be not under the law anymore. This is what we're set at liberty, freedom from. When you look at chapter number three and look at verse number nine, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law, that's those that are under the law, are under the curse. There's a curse that we are under before we get saved. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not. What's the curse this morning? He's reading it to us. Here's the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Here's the curse. When you look at the law of God, if you're going to look at the the standard of God in order to please him or make him happy, that's what the Judaizers were trying to teach, amen? If you're going to try and make God happy through the curse of the law, through the law, here's the curse. You will find that if you don't keep and continue in all of it, that means if you leave anything undone or mess up in the slightest degree, you fail. That is the curse of the law. So how foolish is that? I might might be running rabbits. I kind of got some preaching in me this morning. But how foolish is it for us to walk around carrying a list, thinking we're pleasing God through keeping our list, when, when in fact the curse is that even if you kept the list to the best of your ability, it still wouldn't be good enough and God still wouldn't be happy with it. He's only happy in what Christ has done. And if you're in him, God's happy with you. Amen. We're not talking about fellowship. We're not talking about service and sin in our lives. And I'm, not, I'm not in 1 John 1 right now. Amen. Amen. 
But I will say this, just by since, we, since I brought it up, the same blood that, got, that, that cleanses you to start with is the same blood that cleanses you from here on out. God's already forgiven you of everything. All we've got to do position, or, or practically is come to him and say, God, I messed up here. And he says, you know what? I don't even care. Amen? I forgive you. I love you. It's done. Let's move on. Amen? That's, that's the God I serve. He doesn't sit there with a list of things that I've messed up on this week and try to keep me in bondage, but rather he, he, he sets me free when I come to him. I come bound by my own self, by, by my yielding to my sins, by me carrying around my list, and he turns me away free every time if I'm just willing to come to him. Amen? So we see the curse of the law in chapter number three is that if you don't do it all, don't continue in all of it, uh, then you'll be cursed. There's the curse there. And, uh, and then verse number 11, you can see a glimpse of the penalty of the law. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. He said there's evidence. Amen. We're examining the evidence this morning and the, and the case comes back. Uh, that, that, that no flesh shall be justified by the use of the law. What does that mean? The penalty of the law rests upon all who look to the law to be free. You try to keep the law and the penalty rests. What's the penalty? Death. Death. Why do we think the scripture talks about eternity? It's the, it's, it's, uh, the, whenever everybody's cast in the lake of fire, the Bible calls it the second death. Death reigns through the law. Amen. And if you are under the law, you can look forward to death, not only physical, but spiritual death. And what Christ has done is set us free from both the curse and the penalty. I'm not keeping the law to try and make God happy. God is happy because I'm in Christ. I'm not looking for my own works or my own works of righteousness, which I have done. But I'm looking all at what Christ has done. And I'm at liberty this morning. I'm free. I'm, I'm not, I don't have any chains this morning. Any chains I got on is because I want them on. And that's Romans 6 for you, Romans 6 and 7, where Paul says not to yield yourselves to sin because you don't have to. You can serve Christ, but but who you choose is going to be your master. Amen? That's our Christian liberty. Yes, you can go out and sin and do what you want today as a believer, but you can't do it without the consequences. And the consequences are it comes with shackles. Yeah, you can go out and drink. Enjoy your Christian liberty and drink all you want, but don't forget it comes with shackles. Amen? comes with handcuffs. But that's why we avoid those things. We try to serve Christ. Anything that hinders my walking with Christ, I want God. I don't want those shackles. Why? I'm free. I'm free. I don't want to go back. We're not like the children of Israel when they got out of Egypt looking back saying, but I want to go back to Egypt. It's better over there. I had food. Yeah, but did you forget the shackles? That's what we do as believers. We look back on this world, the world we come from. We say, well, I'd like to go back over there. They sure look free. Don't be deceived. They may have a belly full, maybe more than you got. Maybe have a nicer vehicle than you got. But friend, they are in chains. They're in bondage to the sins. They cannot keep the law and they don't care. They're not right with God. So that being said this morning, this is supposed to be teaching, but I feel like I'm preaching a little. Amen. So it's freedom from the penalty and the curse of the law. So whenever somebody says, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. That's another phrase we'll look at here in just a minute. The Bible says that. The Bible teaches that. But this grace teaches us. Amen? That denying ungodliness and worldliness. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Why? Because it's the best life. Why? Because I need to make God happy by doing this? No. You can't make God happy. If, I, if me wearing a suit and me not uh, spitting and cussing and drinking makes God happy, uh, then what did Christ come for? I can do that without Christ. The whole point is you can't make God happy with your list. You never will be able to. It is only in resting in Christ. That's what Paul was talking about when he talks about enjoying the rest in Christ. What rest, preacher? That I don't have to serve to make God happy. God is happy in Christ. 
Well, what service and bondage it is to think that my effort is what God judges me by. But he judges me by Christ's effort. Now, all this is positional truth we're talking about. I can't get any more free than what I am right now, positionally speaking. Amen. I'm not trying to justify living in lasciviousness. I'm trying to understand Christian liberty. So, with that being said, we are free from the penalty and curse of the law. Now, here's the number three, and I'm done. I'm going to wrap up quickly. It's 1040. Amen. So, I'll try to get this last one quick, and then we'll let a real preacher get up here and preach for us this morning. Amen. So, with that being said, it is freedom from the penalty and curse of the law, right? Not having to serve God to make him happy. He is happy in Christ. Amen. So, with that being said, but it is freedom with guidelines. With guidelines. And you'll find this. That's what I mean by saying it is not just freedom to do what we want now. But rather, it is that we want to serve Christ. If that's what you mean by want, then yes. If, we, if you want to serve the Lord as faithfully and fervently as you want to, then yes, do what you want. Amen? But if what you want is something your flesh brings up, which is to do this or transgress in this way, it's not freedom to just do that. It's just freedom from the curse and the punishment of that. Amen? I, I still, look, let's just be real this morning. Okay, I'm going to slow down for a second. Every one of us as a believer this morning, you fell short of the glory of God this week. As a believer, you have sinned this week, probably today. Amen? My wife could probably name some sins I sinned this morning, probably on the way here with them kids aggravating me in the back. Amen? You sinned, didn't you? Yes. Does that mean you're not saved? Does it mean you're not righteous? Does it mean God can't use you? I'm I'm asking. I'm just saying, if that's the case... I need to sit down now, and you should follow. Matter of fact, we might as well go home, right? If it's on my performance this morning, then none of us have a right to be here. But it is all in Christ's performance. And with that being said, yes, we are free, but it is freedom with guidelines. Let me get to this third point, or else I'll spend more time on that. Look with me in Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. And I'm going to read this real quick. It's worth reading. It's all worth reading, amen? For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Hallelujah. And amen goes right there. Only, watch the guidelines, use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Boy, there's so much here. So much here. We are at liberty, but he says not to use it. Don't manipulate the liberty you have. Don't use it. Don't manipulate it. Enjoy it is what he's trying to get them to understand. Now watch. Liberty is not. It is not for you to get to do what you want now. I can't go out and and buy a six pack tonight. Go home and beat my wife. I can't do none of that. Amen. Those two run together by the way. I don't know if you know that. Them two sins run together. (laughs) But with that being said this morning. I can't just do what I want. He says use not liberty but enjoy it. Why? What's the purpose of liberty here? So we're brought out from bondage of the schoolmaster of the law. For what purpose? Watch this. But by love serve one another. So what does this Christian liberty do? Does it take my chains off and say, hey, go chains up, go get chained up to something else? No, it takes the chains off, says serve Christ and serve your brother. And we are free so that we can serve now instead of sin. Amen. I'm not sinning anymore. I'm I'm not saying I'm sinless. I'm saying I'm not actively pursuing sin anymore. What am I actively pursuing now? Service. I used to walk in accordance with the deeds of my flesh. 
in accordance with the Spirit and the Prince of the Power of the Air that worketh in children of Israel. I used to walk that way. That was just a fulfilling of my own lust. If I thought it, I wanted to do it. If it felt good, I wanted it. Amen. I just served myself. But now that I'm saved, I'm set free from all of that so that I can serve God and serve who? You. Serve one another. Boy, do you see the guidelines here? Christian liberty is nothing about freedom to do what I want, but rather freedom to do for you, do for others, do for Christ. Do you see that this morning? It clears up all the confusion. Then you read through, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Watch this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, uh, Jesus was asked, talking about the law this morning. i got to hurry. I'm out, I'm out of time. But Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he told him, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And then he says the next one, And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right? He said, By these the whole law hangs. Amen? Why did he bring those two out of the whole law? Because if you will love God, love your brother, you will actively pursue trying to keep the rest of those. When the Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. Why does it say that? Because God doesn't want you to sin against your brother by lying on him. Amen? Whenever the Bible tells you to love God, don't, don't, don't sin against God, right? To, 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 to love thy neighbor as thyself, if you'll keep that. The Bible says, thou shalt not covet. God don't want you wanting other people's stuff, amen? Serve your brother, amen? Praise God that God's blessed him and don't want his stuff. Don't steal from him, amen? So that's that one of the commandments. All of the law hangs on serving God and serving your brother. Amen. So, which brings me to my, toward the end here, Okay. I don't want to say my last point because i got many more, but just the, the, toward the end. Uh, with that being said, uh, I just lost my thought. But anyway, for all the laws fill in one word. Uh, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Now, so what does it mean that we are not under the law but under grace? And you'll find that statement in Romans six fourteen: For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Like I said, I'm answering the question this evening or this morning. Does it mean I can do what I want? It does if if you mean serving your brother, serving serving the Lord. Amen. Oh, this is my this is my statement. We used to when we were in bondage to the law before we got saved. We served the law by the letter. You read it. Thou shalt not. You said, all right, I'm in my flesh. Try to fulfill that, and you found you couldn't do it. Right. That's how our service was. Now. Now that we're not under the law anymore, now we serve by the, the Bible says if you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Amen. We serve by the Spirit of the law. What's the Spirit of the law? To love God and keep your brother, or, or, or serve your brother. That was the point of the law. Man, you go back with me just real quick, and I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting a little over time here. Think about this. When you go back to, let's go back to when the law came in, because it, wasn't, it didn't start with Abraham, right? No. The law didn't come until a little later on, amen? Israel comes out of Egypt, out of bondage. That's a picture of salvation, right? And then when they, when they, when, when they come into the land, or getting ready to come into the land, God has Moses come up on the mountain and gives them a law. It was added because of transgressions, okay? This law that God gave was to make sin exceedingly sinful. It was to reveal the sins of the people. It was never a means of grace. You'll never find where God gives them this law and then instructs them that if they keep it, they'll be saved. The law was never given to bring salvation because it can't. Paul even says, he says, if there was a commandment, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, if there was one commandment that righteousness could come through, then Christ wouldn't have to come. He said, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. 
If God could have just said, thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt do this, if there was a commandment that could then bring righteousness, he never would have had to send Christ because we could have just read the list and done it. Right? But we couldn't. And that's what the law did. It, the, the purpose of the law. That's why Paul says the law is good. See, never get a bad idea of the law of God. It's not some evil, bad thing. It's a righteous, holy law. We're evil. Amen? We're the reason there's some negativity between our relationship because we can't keep it. The law is holy. The law is fine. It's just understanding what the use of it was for. Paul says the law is good if a man use it lawfully. How is that? Not to make a righteous man more righteous, but to show a sinner he's a sinner. That's the way the law of God is used. And now, now that we're at liberty this morning, I'm not under the law. And if you're saved this morning, you aren't either. The curse and the penalty have been lifted. You are free. No chains. But... The call of the scripture is this, not to use this so that you, for an occasion to your flesh. Don't set the table for your flesh tonight and say, have at it, flesh. Don't, 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 don't live like, like, uh, like that, amen, in the lust of your flesh. That's not what liberty's for. Liberty is now so that now you're free from all that. Yoke yourself up to Christ, which positionally you are. But serve Christ. Serve your brother. So with all that being said this morning, I hope this is a help to you. I had some other things, got a little bit scrambled, kind of. But I hope it's a help to you. Understanding Christian liberty. We are free this morning, and, uh, but it's not lasciviousness. Amen? It's service. So with all that being said, let's pray. Father, I love you this morning. Thank you for letting me stand and teach. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the gospel. God, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Lord, I'm reminded everything about our gospel points us to somebody else. And it's not us, but it is Christ. And Lord, I pray there be one here this morning that's not saved. I pray they'd look to Christ and they would live. God, in him is life, more abundant life that he came to bring for all men who would receive him. And I pray if there be one lost, they'd get saved and trusted in Christ alone. Lord, I pray for those of us that are saved. Help us to understand this liberty that we get to enjoy. Help us not to use it or manipulate it, Father, but enjoy it. And by it, serve one another and serve you. We love you, Father. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen.